place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Hopefully you have a wonderful day prepared uh, for you and your significant other. And with it being Valentine's Day and love is in the air, I wanted to share with you four things that I love about the current Buffalo Bills. I'm a sucker for holiday-themed content, uh, so you could probably count on this type of cheesiness uh, whenever a holiday rolls around uh, and uh, me being able to align a, a football discussion with a holiday is one of my uh, my strengths in life. So we're going to get into four things that I love about the current Buffalo Bills. Before I do, I had two nuggets I wanted to touch on really quick here. The first of all, there was a significant trade made in the NFL that's not official, but it is official. It just can't be announced official until the new league year. And that is that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco was traded to the Denver Broncos for what has been reported as a fourth-round pick. And so, obviously, Denver not wanting to continue to build around Case Keenum as the guy, um, and Baltimore obviously having Lamar Jackson in the fray, and they are going to obviously have no need to pay Joe Flacco, that big salary over the next three seasons. Um, and so you can kind of, I guess you can kind of see this coming in terms of John Elway and uh, him kind of wanting a veteran there at quarterback. And, you know, he swung and missed for Paxton Lynch. So, you know, I, I always kind of thought that he was going to go quarterback in the draft, but at the same time there was that, you know, this is a defense that has a lot of talent and pieces on it. And if he can get the right quarterback, maybe he would believe he can compete and honestly, I don't love the deal for Denver because I think it's a Band-Aid, maybe. I mean, Joe Flacco has never been a great quarterback. And, you know, I think this is just ac- accepting mediocrity to an extent. You know, I don't think that their defense is that good where you can get by without having a dynamic quarterback to really compete. So I think, you know, in a lot of ways this feels a lot like, you know, he wants to win seven, eight, nine games uh, as opposed to really taking a step forward, identifying a young quarterback and building around them. So um, uh, I don't love this for Denver. But I do think this has implications on the Bills because the Denver Broncos have the 10th pick in the draft and the Buffalo Bills have the 9th pick in the draft. And we had talked a lot about Denver as possibly being a destination for Drew Locke, and it still may be. I don't think that this necessarily precludes Denver from going quarterback in the first round, but what it does do is make it a little bit more fuzzy. And so for teams like Cincinnati at 11, Miami at 13, Washington at 15, that may be in the quarterback market, it certainly doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to want to get right in front of Denver, uh, you know, depending on who falls and whatnot. I I do think that it's not, this is not necessarily favorable to the Bills Uh, and them being as attractive of a trade-up destination for some teams. So there's that piece of it that I think matters uh, for this entire, uh, how this affects the Buffalo Bills. The other thing that happened, that didn't happen. For whatever reason, the Antonio Brown thing is is stirred up again, and 
Uh, everybody knows he's going to be traded this offseason. And so, uh, of course, are the Bills a candidate? And I had John Ledger on the podcast on uh, January 16th, and him and I went deep into this. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode of the podcast to get a really thorough look at that uh, possibility. Uh, But to kind of just give you a few words on that, I'm not for it. Uh, I don't think the Bills would be for it. This is not the type of person that you would expect Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean to bring in. I understand that he's a receiver and a really good one, and the Bills have a need at receiver. But in terms of just constant questionable decision-making, the distraction, the way he's wired, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like this is a realistic thing for the Bills. Plus, you're going to take on big salary. You're going to have to give up assets. And kind of like what I talked about yesterday with Demarius Thomas, I don't want to tie up assets and reps in in not developing a young core nucleus of players as in favor of, you know, leaning on guys like Antonio Brown or Demarius Thomas at this point of the game where the bills are at in terms of their rebuild. I don't think it's, it's in the best interest. So I don't think it's a realistic thing. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. I don't necessarily support it happening. Uh, I understand why we have to talk about it, but I, I just think the bills are, are probably very unlikely to be the team that brings in Antonio Brown. Now, if we bring him in, then we have a lot to get into because it would be uncharacteristic and uh, it would make me turn my head and scratch my head a little bit. Uh, But uh, we'll see on that. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. All right, so let's get into the four things that I love about the Buffalo Bills, the current Buffalo Bills. And I wanted to do five just because I think five is a better number, but I I had a hard time getting to five. So I didn't want to stretch it out I was comfortable with four, uh, and so let me let me keep it at four. So the first thing that I love about the Buffalo Bills is Sean McDermott. I think the Bills absolutely have the head coach thing figured out. I talked a lot earlier in the podcast several weeks ago when we were talking about the Dolphins uh, head coaching vacancy and the Jets head coaching vacancy and others throughout the league and different hires that were made that I firmly believe in having a CEO-type coach that really thrives at building a culture. And I don't think anybody, whether you like Sean McDermott or not, I don't think it's debatable that he is a culture-setting type coach where he's going to have philosophies, convictions, hold people accountable, and really establish this, uh, this mentality, this mindset of a growth mindset of working hard, putting in time, uh, being accountable and all those types of things. I, I don't have any questions in Sean McDermott's leadership and his ability to impact an NFL locker room. And I think you've seen so many different teams hire coaches based on X's and O's. Look at Cliff Kingsbury at the Arizona Cardinals. Look at Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are two te- two hires that scream X's and O's. We like their schematic philosophies. We like the offensive success that they've had at places they've been. We like the idea that they could be the next Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur with the Packers, even Adam Gase with the Jets, guys that have had marginal success throughout their NFL careers or coaching careers in that, for that matter, when you think about Cliff Kingsbury, or they haven't even necessarily been the, the, the real guy behind the scheme. He's just been affiliated with the dynamic scheme, and they're hired as head coaches. And I think that is grossly overlooking the need for leadership 
and accountability and to be that CEO and really be able to define the culture of the organization. No questions about that with the Bills and Sean McDermott. He's a young coach. I think he's made some mistakes. I think he's learned from those mistakes, and he's admitted them, and he's moved on. There's no question that he has not been perfect with everything that he's done. But as he grows as a coach, this roster is growing, and I like the direction in terms of the leadership that Buffalo has in place with its head coach, with Sean McDermott. I also love the coaching hires that he made this offseason, giving young guys a chance to come in and have prominent roles as assistant coaches, moving on from long-term recycled coaches like Danny Crossman, like Juan Castillo, like Terry Rabisky, and he replaced those with young minds that you feel like there's a ceiling there. Meanwhile, the Washington Redskins are hiring Rob Ryan to be their linebackers coach. How uninspiring is that? I really like the mindset and the direction that Sean McDermott has this football team going and his ability to lead. That is the number one thing that I love about this team, and I think that matters a lot. The number two thing that I love about the current Buffalo Bills is that I think you can examine this roster. And while I think there are holes and there's a lot of questions on this roster, I think that you can look at it and you can pick out good, young, exciting building blocks that build a core nucleus right now. And there's a lot of young players being relied on on this football team that are been, have been gaining valuable experience. They're talented, and you feel good about where they can end up as they continue to develop. It's not like you're looking out of this roster and saying, I don't know who the dudes are. I don't know who the guys they're building around are. Because you can do that when you look at this roster. First of all, Josh Allen. Whether you liked him or not going in to the process, what he showed since coming back from that injury gives a lot of optimism for what he can be in the NFL. Does he need a lot of work still? Yes, on the mental side and mechanics and, and accuracy, all those things, he needs a lot of work. But is he was he the best football player on the field for the Bills after the bye? Oh, yeah, he was. Did he do a lot with a little? Yes, he did. Did he come from a situation where uh, it's a big jump from going from Wyoming to all the things considered with being in a three a three man race for the starting job, having a bad infrastructure around him, having a bad offensive line, underwhelming weapons, and him stepping in and having to play right away with Nathan Peterman being the only other quarterback on the roster. Yeah, but did he grow? And and I think there should be a lot of excitement about where he's headed, about how he evolved last season, his his how he's wired in terms of being a leader and a guy that's going to work and a guy that cares a ton. Yeah, I think you should be excited about Josh Allen. Are we saying that he's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL? No, he still needs to prove his ability, but the direction that he's headed and the position that he plays gives a lot of optimism. He was difficult to defend, very difficult to defend for defenses. He's only going to get better. You have to think Josh Allen in year one was the worst he's ever going to be in the NFL. He's only going to get better. So you have a, a, you have a, a key building block, an exciting young player at quarterback. That is a great thing. All right, now, he's not the only building block. I just spent a little time there, maybe a little more than I was expecting. But uh, I think you can continue to look at this roster, and you can pick apart those guys that you say, hey, that's a guy that this team can be built around. Number one, Josh Allen. Number two, Deion Dawkins, a left tackle. He's a player that showed what he can do as a rookie. He, he didn't necessarily get better last year, but 
there's a physical skill set. There's a, a resume that already exists that suggests that he could be a really good left tackle in the NFL. So now you have two premium positions on offense at quarterback and left tackle that you feel really good about. Now, there's a lot of work needed the rest of the way on that offense, but they've got what it seems to be left tackle and quarterback pretty well ironed out, and hopefully there can be something there in Robert Foster, who played really well down the stretch. But I'm not ready to lump Robert Foster into that nucleus uh, based on a, a small sample size and given his status coming into the league as an undrafted free agent. So he's got a lot to prove. But on offense, we have those two things. Now, you look at the defense, there's a lot more to be excited about. At linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. I think he has the upside to be one of the top defensive playmakers in the NFL. Thought his career got off to a good start. He grew throughout the course of the season. He became more confident trusting his reads. And you saw that physical upside that he has that led to a lot of splash plays. He was able to really disrupt throwing lanes with his long arms, forcing fumbles, getting interceptions, making tackles for loss, and really developing his ability to trust his keys and and attack windows. He's got range and size and physicality, all those things, but the mental side really came along for him as the season went on. And I think that you have a player there that can be the face of the defense for a long time. One of the most physically imposing type players in terms of what he can be on the second level was really, really exciting. Next to him is Matt Milano. Matt Milano was a star linebacker for the Bills last year. You talk about splash plays, he filled it up. He's a young player. He'll be fine coming off that injury. It's very recoverable from. And I think the Bills, when you think about those Sean McDermott defenses in Carolina, they had two dudes on the second level, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley. Well, guess what the Bills have now? They have Matt Milano and Tremaine Emmons. And I'm not saying that those guys will, will be one for one as good as those other players because those are friggin' good NFL football players that have a lot of years under their belt of, of high-level play. But do I think Matt Milano and Tremaine Emmons can be that type of dynamic tandem? Yes, and I think that they're, the ceiling for those two guys is really, really, really high. So looking at the defense, right there, there's two really exciting building blocks. And then obviously Trey White at corner. Corner is a premium position in the NFL. I mean, look at what the Patriots paid for Stephon Gilmore. The, the Patriots don't pay big money for anybody. Anybody. They broke the bank for Stephon Gilmore because he's that valuable. He's that valuable to that defense. And there's my dog. He's growling at me. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, the Bills have a player that I think has a lot of upside to be one of the best five or ten corners in the NFL in Tremaine or in Tredavious White. So now I've got Matt Milano, I've got Tremaine Emmons, i got Tredavious White as clear, young, really young football players that I think can be part of this nucleus for a long, long time. Now you still have guys like Teron Johnson, who I have, a, I think is going to be a really, really outstanding slot corner for the Bills. Uh, I'm not ready to say that he's a core building block. I'm really trying to, to be selective with that, with the, with that word, but uh, uh, you look at guys like the safety tandem and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, uh, arguably the best three or five safety tandems in the NFL. Those guys are, are proven building blocks, nucleus, core guys of this team. And so there's a lot to be excited about. Josh Allen, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. You've got dudes on this roster that I think have the upside to be among the best at their position in the NFL, or they already are. And uh, there's a lot to be excited about. So, it's not like this is an, a blank slate here and, and there needs to be – like you have to go out and get all these guys. They're already in place. And so I, I think there's a lot to be excited about the young talent on this team. A lot of holes to fill, a lot of work to do to improve this roster. 
but the young pieces are in place and they're they're exciting. Now let me get into number three, and that leads me to believe that that leads me to flexibility. I think the Bills have a lot of flexibility right now, and they have ten draft picks. They have the third most cap space in the league. And so when we just talked about an exciting nucleus of talent, it's going to be, get only better with the resources at Brandon Bean's disposal this offseason to improve the team. They can make some aggressive plays in free agency. I'm not sure how aggressive they'll be, but there'll probably be some, some considerable signings to, to improve the roster. But the draft picks is what I get really excited about. Ten draft picks. And the Bills have really done a good job of hitting on draft picks. Look at their resume over the last two years since Sean McDermott's been the head coach. Tredavious White, excellent football player. Deion Dawkins, excellent football player. Zay Jones, hopefully he gets better. Matt Milano, steal on day three. Teron Johnson, steal on day three. Tremaine Emmons and Josh Allen. (laughs) Those guys have so much upside and so much to be excited about there with those two football players. Harrison Phillips, hopefully he, yeah, I think at worst case scenario, he's going to be a really good rotational defensive tackle. So, I mean, you can look at the resume of draft picks that they've made and get really excited about their ability to identify players and for them to provide return on investments. That's not even mentioning Wyatt Teller, who looks like he could be a starting guard, potentially, if he continues to improve. That's not even mentioning the undrafted free agents and Levi Wallace and Robert Foster, who look like those are going to be quality players. So I really like the Bills' ability to identify young players give them opportunities to play, and provide returns. Even Jason Kroon, a a tight end who looks like he's got some promise. So when you think about the resume of young football players that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have added to this roster, and to think about the opportunity ahead of them to do the same this year with 10 draft picks, and of course the undrafted free agency period, there's going to be another infusion of young talent to this roster. So I think that's a lot to be excited about. They've, they're, they're, they're telling you to trust the process and there's reason to believe that you should trust the process. So coach McDermott, the nucleus of young talent, the flexibility and opportunity ahead of the bills this off season are the three things that I love about the bills. The fourth is I got to mention the secondary I've talked, you know, you go back to the state of the roster series. When I talked about the cornerbacks and safeties, I mean, this is a position group that is firm particularly safety, where I think you've got like Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde. I've already mentioned him on this show, and I mentioned him on other shows. That's a it's a, a top-tier safety tandem. But even behind them, you have a young up-and-coming player in Saran Neal. You have Raphael Bush, who's a versatile guy that comes down and can play in the nickel. You have Dean Marlowe, who's been in the system for several years and, and can really, I mean, as your fifth safety, really gives you a lot of value. So the safety position is one of the most beautifully built position groups on the team, and probably in any position group across the NFL. Now at corner, Trey White, obviously your number one guy. ton of upside for him to be a great player for a long time in the NFL. Levi Wallace is a player that, look, he played so good down the stretch. Hopefully that can continue. Uh, but you know, even, even when you look at the, safe, the secondary as a whole, you're probably only thinking about really getting competition for Levi Wallace because the nickel position is set with uh, Taron Johnson. So I love this Bill secondary. I love what it can continue to be. It's under contract for several years moving forward. And so that glue on the back end, you know the Bills are going to be really sound in pass coverage. It's a passing league. The Bills know how to stop the pass. They gave up less than 3,000 yards passing last season 
I mean, in the NFL where you see guys throwing for 400 yards, it seems like five guys throw for 400 yards every week. The Bills, they're not doing that against the Bills. Bills know how to cover guys. And so in a passing league, being able to stop the pass matters, and the Bills have a secondary built to do that and a, and a coaching staff that has a great resume and history of developing secondary talent and making sure you can defend the pass. So there you have it. My four things that I love about the Bills. Talked about the Joe Flacco trade and, again, the the A-B possibility to the Bills. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I told you I have a guest lined up. I do. I'm going to get that interview in on Friday afternoon. Uh, so that's coming, and I think you guys are going to like that. It's a really unique angle from an expert in a certain niche of football world. So I think you guys will be excited. So make sure you don't miss that. You hit that subscribe button uh, and make sure you don't miss any shows. Uh, would love to continue this conversation with you on social media. You can follow me and interact with me on Twitter at the Joe Marino. The podcast can be followed at Lockdown Bills. Leave that five-star rating. Tell a friend about the podcast. And until tomorrow, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Bills.